Hi, and welcome back to Unsighted, the internet's least reliable English lit podcast. I'm Chantel. And I'm Amy. And Amy, you told me this week we're recording about Swift again, but we just did an episode on Jonathan Swift. So I read every Jonathan Swift work in existence in preparation for this episode, but I'm really hoping that I'm going to remember all of them so that I know what we're talking about today. Oh, you know what? I think I made a mistake, Chantel. (laughs) I think I might have mixed up Jay Swift with Tay Swift. Oh, Tay Swift. It's the dyslexia again. I'm so sorry. I'm very bad with the letters and the numbers. And I mixed up my J and my T's because they both have a bar on top. Well, that makes sense. That makes complete sense. And I'm sure all our listeners will agree. So today we're not doing a modest proposal. We're doing all too well. The 10 minute version by T Swift. Yes. So songs are poetry and we're going to be analyzing this one as poetry uh, because we had three very heavy weeks and it's rough out there kids and we need a break and we just want to like have fun because we're girls yep that's what girls do they just want to have fun that's a different song though (laughs) see we're already on theme already on theme context on me and taylor swift i haven't listened to a full album since her first two, which I own on CD, and that's going to date You didn't me. listen to 1984? We listened to 1984, for sure. I did not. I played it on repeat in my room. You listened to 1984. I don't know anything about it, so we're going in blind, and I'm also going in blind to this. I have not read the lyrics to this. I have not watched the music video. I'm going to be live reacting. Yeah, so that's the thing. Usually we do these podcasts about things that we've encountered before or that were in countering as we're doing it but like without you guys this time we're playing a 10 minute video on air except we're not gonna listen to it with you you're gonna have to play it for yourself because copyright i don't know what's the worst that could happen to us we get demonetized (laughs) this becomes the lost episode of unsighted unsighted the lost archives it's gonna be great when we become rich and famous because obviously this podcast is making us rich and famous taylor swift will be paying us i'm richer every time i have a moment with you amy that's cute anyway do you want to watch this long ass song yeah let's listen to this master piece of a 10 minute song so today for people who want to follow along at home we're listening to taylor swift all too well sad girl autumn version recorded at long pond studio lyric video which was published on november 18th 2021 on the youtubes i feel like this is gonna be really leagues away from the taylor swift that i remember sad girl autumn version i just don't think i'm going in with the right attitude to this it's gonna be good like the normal song with the dylan o'brien it's a really good music video and we could have watched that but it also has a five minute interlude of fighting and i felt like maybe we didn't want to do that today that's fair one two three play She's got a lot of faces. Yeah, she's a sad girl autumn. She is a sad girl autumn. I see the autumn leaves. This is autumn. Yeah. I walked through the door with you. The air was cold. Oh my God, I can't read along. No, this scarf is very important. Keep in mind. So what happened is like Jake Gyllenhaal apparently kept her scarf and it's it's a thing. Oh no. Oh yeah, this is about Jake Gyllenhaal. The scarf thing i feel like i've heard this controversy that oh you have her fans are mad at jake gyllenhaal yes i have left things with people not exes per se but like people yeah that i don't talk to anymore yeah still have like 
books of mine and stuff. Yeah. Maybe clothes of mine. Not because I just was taking off the clothes and I left them there because I lent them the clothes. I want to clarify that that's why they have the clothes. Right. Like, I'm bitter about it, but I wouldn't expect other people to be bitter on my behalf. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, this person has my second season box set of this TV show that no one's watched in 10 years. Everyone be mad at her for me. We have a friend who uh, was dating someone at some point when we were on our second year, and uh, he lent this person his box set of the TV show Dollhouse. And when I wanted to watch it, I couldn't use his box set because the box set was still with this person who he didn't talk to anymore and I'm mad about it still despite the fact that I've seen Dollhouse in its entirety. So it's not a discontinued show. See mine is a discontinued show and they don't (laughs) even sell it anymore and it's not online. Oh no. Yeah so what happened I'm just gonna give you a bit of context for the song because I feel like you need it now. Jake Gyllenhaal was like 30 and Taylor Swift was like early 20s like like a child and they were dating Dating. Mm, yeah, not loving that. And she left apparently her scarf at his sister's place, and apparently he was spotted wearing the scarf after they'd broken up. And it's like this thing. Wait, he wore it? Yeah. That's kind of weird. Isn't it? He's just like, I'm not going to give this back. Doesn't Gives You Hell have a line where someone doesn't give back their ex's t-shirt because they like it? I think so. That's for next week's episode. (laughs) So yeah, context, that happened. So a lot of the the song touches upon these themes of like innocence and age gaps and dynamics within relationships that have those type of age gaps and stuff. Mm. Um, but it's a fun song. Is it a fun song? It kind of feels like it's about an imbalance of power in a relationship. I mean, it is. But then again, We Are Never Getting Back Together is also about him. And that's a bop. So it's cool. <laughs> we Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. Sad Girl Autumn version. <laughs> I feel like this is exactly the vibe of her first album. Well, Red was really early on. Like she was on the cusp of country here. I would like to analyze this line of the poem. Okay. I might be okay, but I'm not fine at all. Yeah. Those are synonyms. Yes. But you know when you tell someone like, I'm, I'm okay, you know, because you're like, you're doing all right in the sense that you're feeding yourself, but like you're not fine. I would use them opposite, actually. Like, I'd be like, oh, I'm fine. But I'm like, I'm not okay. Yes, that's how I would say it. That line bugs me. That's okay. It's normal for some lines in the song slash poem to bug you. But it's not fine. It's just okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think the line is opposite for us. Yeah. But I don't know if that's just because, like, of our regionalism. Like, maybe in the U.S. it's different. I don't know. Our um, 35% American listeners... Can you please write us and let us know what okay and fine mean in your dialect of English, please? Yeah. Oh my God. And now they're running red lights. Which is unsafe. It's unsafe to run a red. Keep your eyes on the road. That's very unsafe. Yeah. I would just like to point out a motif. Yes. Since we're analyzing this as poetry, Mm -hmm. I know it's from an album called Red, according to Amy. Yes. That's the second red in this song. Plus it's the autumn version. Yes. So the video is also kind of red. He's running reds. His cheeks are turning red. I think his cheeks are turning red because they're going through old photo albums of him and he's embarrassed that she's seeing pictures of him when he was younger. Mm -hmm. It's very nostalgic also. 
It is. There's a lot of nostalgia. There's a lot of lack of safety mm-hmm. with the running of the red lights, yeah. which is evocative of like high schoolers being reckless. Yeah. But it sounds like this was a 30-year-old guy. Yeah. So maybe let's not do that. Yeah. It sounds like a 30-year-old guy who like never understood the fact that he was 30. Like he still doesn't comprehend his own mortality, this character of Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. That's why he doesn't shower. Yeah. <laughs> The worst part is we talked about him a couple of weeks back, didn't we? We did. We talked about him not showering. Yeah, my gosh. It all it all ties together, guys. You taught me about your past thinking your future was me. That's a good line. So yes, that's a great line. However, it's followed by Taylor Swift saying the words fuck the patriarchy in a song. Yeah. Which is also wild. It is wild. I like how it's embedded in the implication that he's the one saying fuck the patriarchy. Yeah. Because he's got the car keys with that keychain. Yeah. But like at the same time, he's a 30 year old guy dating like a 20 year old. Which, okay, I'd like to point out that, you know, some people make it work and some people have like normal power dynamics and whatever. I'm not trying to like shame you for your relationship. That's fine. You do you. But in this case, it clearly damaged her Mm. in some way. In enough way that she wrote a 10 minute long versions of a song that she'd already recorded. Multiple versions, yes, of this 10 minute song. So I'm going to be thinking of Jake Gyllenhaal as the character Jake Gyllenhaal because I don't know what actually went down and there's a good chance a lot of this is fictionalized yeah that's true so i'm gonna think of taylor as the poem speaker and jake gyllenhaal as the character jake gyllenhaal okay the character she's painting him as is giving me vibes of you know like when you take a women's studies class yes i know exactly where you're going and there's like one guy in the women's studies class and he's all like oh i'm gonna get all the ladies that's not what happened in my women's studies class there was a guy and he was actually a good person but yeah that's giving me that image yeah he's like running red lights and being weirdly reckless and hyper masculine but also being like performatively feminist yeah that's it's weird. I might be reading too much into it. No, I, I, I like it. But that's what we do here on Unsighted Podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> I like it. Do you want to keep going? Yeah. Oh, that was really good imagery about death and the relationship dying. Yeah. So she goes, till we're dead and gone and buried, check the pulse and come back, swearing it's the same after three months in the grave. Oh my gosh, that's chilling. Being like, you know, like this fictional relationship here as we're framing it like was already dead and this Jake Gyllenhaal character kept coming back to be like what's going on is like no it's still not happening and then we have we are never ever getting back together (laughs) I also like the line well the set of lines about I kept thinking you were gonna call it love you never called it what it was until it was gone. Yeah. I think it's a really pleasing half rhyme to the ear, but it's also like a cool thought. Yeah. No, I like it. I like that it's like, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. We paved paradise and put up a parking lot. We paved paradise and we put up a parking lot. I was actually just reading a book last night that had that line in it. It was a teen <laughs> paraphrasing the line incorrectly as if not everyone on the planet knows that line. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. No. I love when adults write teens. Super fun. Yeah. <laughs> How we play. Yes. Oh, Lifeless Frames also won. Mm. 
I forget about you long enough until I forget why I needed to. Yeah. Is a very good line. Yeah, there's a whole episode in How I Met Your Mother about that. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I'll never watch that show. Yeah. Because I heard the ending is terrible. Yeah, don't watch the ending. It's in this episode where Ted essentially has like these letters that he writes to himself about why he's not going to keep dating this person Mm -hmm. and he makes like their friend write one too and it's like this thing of like right now you hate this person you don't want to be with them write it down so that when you're like huh wonder what happened with this person you'll have the reasons why you know you'll have the evidence it kind of is an interesting like look into memory because i read that each time you remember something you're not actually remembering the thing you're remembering the last time you remembered it Mm -hmm. which is why if you keep thinking about something you remember that thing better because you've got a more recent image of it in your brain yeah like every time you like remember a memory it changes which is why memories are so fallible yeah and sometimes like even hypnotism you can bring up false memories yeah but she's this character (laughs) the speaker (laughs) she doesn't want to think about it at all yeah so then it's gonna go away it's scientifically accurate yeah love me a scientifically accurate poem yeah i like it okay it's good taylor stuff is good as a poet yeah Taylor Swift and Jonathan Swift are both good. Yeah. Yeah. Good for them. Love this family. They also have very interesting authorial personas. If we're going to tie it back, I wrote an entire paper, which we'll get to in like a couple of months because I'm not ready for it yet, about Amada's proposal and Swift's authorial persona in there because he has like various beginnings and like it's kind of a frame. It's very interesting. So I think... Taylor Swift and Jonathan Swift both have very interesting authorial personas. She's talked about her authorial persona, how she just kind of plays into whatever people want her to be because people keep criticizing her previous persona. So she just does the opposite. And then people are like, no, I don't like that either. Yeah, I think Shake It Off is about that actually yeah shake it off and what's the really weird one i thought it was shake it off where she's got the running mascara blank space yes blank space see you know these songs because you've listened to them with me well i know the most popular song shake it off and blank space that were on the radio for like eight months straight <laughs> yes that's fair I could have incubated a child in the time that I was listening to these. That's true. Oh, that's so good. Mm -hmm. The line was, you kept me like a secret, but I kept you like an oath. Yeah. That's such a good juxtaposition of two things you can keep. Yeah. That are so different from each other. We're going to talk about it now because it's worth bringing it up. Later on, the narrator goes, and you call me up again just to break me like a promise? oh no so casually cruel in the name of being honest like that one guy in your women's studies class was all like i'm not being mean i'm just being honest <laughs> you're uh your hypothetical women's studies class not my women's studies class yes correct it's got some really good word plays of like keeping and breaking and taking yeah and uh yeah i'm i'm digging the imagery so far and like the power struggles like the breaking and the taking the keeping you know you can see the power imbalance even though she's not directly talking about the power imbalance yeah and even though it's coming from her you know yeah there's some mixing of metaphors going on (laughs) yes 
There, there are a lot of them. It's a long song. It's a long song, but it was like back to back. It was like, we're lost in translation and I'm a masterpiece until you tore it up. But also, isn't there some type, and we deal with this all the time, but isn't there something that can be lost in translation when you interpret a piece of art? Oh, yeah. Okay, you've won me over already. <laughs> isn't, like, isn't that what we're doing right now? We're losing this in translation. This is not how this song is meant to be consumed. We're going to get attacked by some Swifties and it's fine. <laughs> no, the Swifties are going to love that we are taking this piece of art seriously as the piece of art that it is. Yeah. Right, Swifties? Welcome to the podcast. We're super reliable. Right? <laughs> Threateningly. Ah, uh, also, Lost in Translation always makes me smile because Lost in Translation was filmed at our school, the music video. That's true, for the band that we will not talk about because fuck them. Yeah. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Why did you have to bring that up? Disappointment. Amy ruins everything. A mini series. Adam and I can, like, make a podcast together. It's gonna be great. Yeah, we're totally on the same level, like, artistically. Yeah. I'm also super popular with my boyfriend. <laughs> Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. Okay. There it is. Yeah. You call me up again just to break me like promise. Yeah. Is she torn up like a masterpiece or is she crumpled like a piece of paper? Now I'm confused. Again, they can be <laughs> the same thing. I think the destruction metaphors all work together as one and you can't use them separately. It kind of feels like, you know, do you remember when we did our bad high school poetry episode? Yes. And we were just like, I want to put a metaphor here. Yeah. So we're looking at this from a poem's perspective. This is a song. Yes. How much of it has to be tied to the melody? You know? Yeah, I guess. Uh, probably a fair amount. But it, even so, it depends what kind of poem. Because some poems are very formally rigid. Yeah. Um, whereas some have a very loosey-goosey form. Yeah. And a song is basically just a lyrical poem. Yeah, that's true. What is a song if not a poem you sing? <laughs> Wasn't that the entire point of this? Yeah. I'm making like a 10-minute Taylor Swift song and saying all the obvious things again. <laughs> it's okay because you know what? She's not trying to be highbrow literature. She's trying to be a songwriter. Yeah. And that's totally valid as an art form yeah but we're english majors and we must we must we're compelled when they gave us our degree they took it and they went to hand it to us and then they pulled it back a little and they beckoned us to lean in and they were like if you ever listen to a pop song and don't criticize the lyrics i am burning this i will find you i will track you down and i will light it on fire and they were like happy graduation goodbye i mean when my favorite prof gave me my degree because he gave me my degree he took it back from me like i went to grab it and he was like oh no and i was like <laughs> just give me my degree he wanted to do what i said he just knew that he couldn't in front of other people he was like oh no the international studies program is gonna be like what's going on we're not this cool <laughs> what's going on in the english department right now Oh, this is fun. Oh my god. I take out back everything I said. Those were great lines. 
Uh, they say all's well that ends well. But I'm in a new hell every time you double cross my mind. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so much wordplay. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so for it. Like, I think I just <laughs> blew my mind. Yeah. I think my mind just blew. Can I keep blowing your mind? Yes, please do. Okay, I'm going to read some of the lyrics here. Right after that, she said, you said if we had been closer in age, maybe it would have been fine. Again, we don't know what fine means here for her. And then she goes, <laughs> and then that made me want to die. The idea you had of me, who was she? Who was she? You know, I like the imagery here of like, you know, you built me up in your mind. I wasn't who you thought I was. You know, this idea of like romanticizing your partner, but not actually knowing your partner. Yeah, just like our Paper Towns episode. He was the fictional Dick Gyllenhaal was <laughs> paper towning the fictional Taylor Swift. She was his manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. We love bringing it back to manic pixie dream girls. It's our favorite thing to do. The creator of manic pixie dream girls hates us. Yeah. Okay. So we had this, you know, this who was she? This like I was a jewel and like I reflected on you. Like I made you look good yeah he just wanted her as like it's not academic to say arm candy but he just wanted her as arm candy like he wanted her as arm candy he just wanted her to make him look better yeah not for anything intrinsically valuable about herself that he saw yeah and apparently this like actress in the party bathroom is either Anne Hathaway or Jennifer Aniston (laughs) and I like that it's just all encompassing like you're the thing that happened to me and this like it was you just entirely like not like like, oh, mm-hmm. your personality, like just you as a whole. This is the modern The Apple Orchard by Christina Rossetti. Yes. He wanted her temporarily yeah. to make himself look and feel better. Mm-hmm. He wanted her to use. And then when he was finished with her, he discarded her and he moved on to somebody would give him more of a prestigious status. Yeah. It's The Apple Orchard. Yeah. Wait, is it The Apple Gathering? The Apple Gathering. I know the name of my favorite poem. Okay. <laughs> It's okay. She's 21. Yeah, so she was turning 21 during this like relationship and he didn't show up to her party. I look at 21 year olds now and I'm like, you're an infant. Yeah, like that's what I was saying like earlier, like she was a child. No offense to 21 year olds who's like half our listener base. (laughs) But they're so young. You, I was so young when I was 21. That was so long ago. You're going to figure out how young you were the second you hit 25. You're going to be like, oh, shit. I know it's always annoying when people say that. But think about how you think of 16-year-olds versus how you thought of yourself when you were 16. And it's annoying. But you know what? You also get to do this when you grow up. Although I do think I peaked in intelligence around 21 and 22. So you might be the smartest you'll ever be. So enjoy that. (laughs) But also maybe you don't peak in, in university or college. So every year my intelligence role goes down, but my wisdom role goes up. But yeah, so there's this like long musical interlude after it's supposed to be fun turning 21. Okay. Which adds like a certain like heaviness, I think, to the moment Mm -hmm. in the song that you wouldn't necessarily get in the poem version alone. I guess. But if you think about like our friend Megan Mitzel's poetry. Oh, she's so good. Like she was really good at placing stanzas on the page in a way that made you read them at a certain pace. So you could just as easily put like a long space after it's supposed to be fun turning 21 as a line in a poem. Also a la Lemony Snicket, just insert like a blank page. (laughs) It's a black page. Yes. She says, you mail back my things. Oh. Oh, the scarf's back. Yeah. 
Yeah, the line. It re- oh my god! It reminds you of innocence and it smells of me. Does it also give you like creepy vibes? Yeah, that's super creepy. Oh, I hate that. I hate that image. Like I'm listening to the song while I'm at work, you know, as you do. And every time that line comes up, I'm like, Bleh. my jaw dropped. Yeah, you saw it. I saw it. I knew the sec. I knew the amount of delay we had between the two of us when you got to that line. The only thing that would have made that line worse is it smells like innocence. That would be the only thing that would give him more like Hannibal Lecter vibes. Yeah, it's not great. But it is like it's very poignant. Like it really shows. So before she met him, like she didn't know much of the world. And now like she's been hit in the face with a brick that is life because of this heartbreak. Yeah. And you know, the first cut is the deepest, you know? I love how we're just referencing other songs. It's a fun time. We've just been saving them for you. Yeah. It's kind of like he's just out there like picking all these apples. Yeah. Pick, 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 pick all the apple blossoms. And he is out here like an old crusty apple. It's been on the shelf for a week. Yeah. Do you think Taylor Swift has read The Apple Gathering? I feel like we talked about Taylor Swift in our Christina Rossetti episode as well. (laughs) I think we did. We did. We 100% did. I think we said if Christina Rossetti was now, she would either be Taylor Swift or like Nicki Minaj. Yes. We said this. People who've listened to that episode recently, send us a message. Let us know. (laughs) Yeah, that was really creepy. I feel like I need to say if you are a young person and you're talking to someone who's significantly older than you and who you feel has significantly more life experience, chances are they've sought you out because they know that you have less life experience and they're taking advantage of that. Like no 24 year old is actually talking talking to a 16 year old because she's mature for her age you know no he's talking to her because he knows other 24 year olds are gonna see straight through his bs yeah and i think you know if you're 21 and you're dating somebody who's 30 like you may have similar life experiences and it's not all that bad as long as you like have open communication and you're aware that you have different life experiences and you've talked about it and know how it's affecting your relationship we're not saying that it's completely bad all the time but we're saying that it's something to be aware of not everyone who's older in an age gap relationship is going to be creepy no but a lot of creeps tend to gravitate to that sort of relationship yes because they thrive on that power struggle yes they feel like they can have the upper hand yeah there's gonna be a lot of other red flags other than just the age gap a hundred percent like you know running red lights with you in the car yeah so but we can keep going if you want yep there's a lot of romanticizing here Is she implying that she's the one real thing that he's ever known? I hope not. That's a lot of uh, pedestalizing of yourself, I think. Yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure to put on that relationship and the person's view of you. Oh, I'll get older, but your lovers stay my age is a punchline and it's not a good punchline. See, this is what I'm talking about. This persona of this guy is a creep and he is purposely gravitating towards these relationships because he knows that he will be the one in a higher state of power and that they'll be like looking up to him. And that's not a good thing when you're in a relationship. You should be looking on equal footing. Yeah. A little bit of self-deprecating lines. Yeah. I was never good at telling jokes. I think it's also like I don't have the space to tell a joke right now because the song is already nine minutes long. I guess. It's also not really the song in which you would tell a joke, but... No, that's true. That's not what she said. 
Yeah, it's not like, I don't have space to tell a joke, but here's the punchline. You know how jokes are really long? Yeah, we don't have time for that. Yeah. Unlike us, who have an hour to tell jokes. We do. But also, like, this this line is very good at kind of wrapping up the problem here. Like, it's not just that there's an age gap. It's that the age gap keeps getting larger. Yeah. Yeah. Because this fictional persona likes the young ones he can manipulate. Yeah, he's trading her in for a newer model. You know? His type is 21-year-olds. His type is 20-year-olds. Remember, he wasn't there when she turned 21. But not 20-year-olds who get older as he keeps dating them. Yeah. He just breaks up with them when they stop being 20. Correct. Are we slandering Jake Gyllenhaal? No, we're slandering the persona of the person that this speaker is talking about in this fictional poem. Cool. The only thing we're going to slander Jake Gyllenhaal for is not showering. Okay? (laughs) That is a thing we know. Yeah, cool. Wow, we're going through the whole year with this. Yep. This is a year-long song. Yeah. It's not really in between us, though, is it? (laughs) Just between us and also... The rest of the world. The 500,000 people who have listened to this song. The million people who've listened to this one. The million 40,000 people who have listened to this song. Yeah, so that's basically the rest of the song. Okay. So it's not actually a 10-minute song. It's a 9-minute song plus a minute of we're going to say the same line over and over again. Yeah. Because we like round numbers. Yeah, I think all too well nine minute long version isn't as catchy. No one's going to be like, whoa, did you hear that there's a nine minute version of this song? That's not as impressive. (laughs) So we talk about books from people who are still alive all the time. Yeah. And usually they don't have such a voracious fan base. Yeah, here's the thing. I think Taylor Swift is a great artist. Oh, absolutely. She's an amazing artist. She writes wonderful songs. And this comes from like her earlier years. And like it's iconic on its own. Like All Too Well on its own was very iconic prior to this. You don't know this, but I do. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with any of this. It's just when you look at it too in depth like we just did, you start seeing flaws everywhere. It's like, you know, when you look at like the back of your hand and you're like, I know the back of my hand. And then you're like, oh, that's a weird mole. Oh, I have a scab there. Oh, like this vein's really blue and if you nitpick at anything for long enough except megan mitzel's poetry because she's perfect perfect it's going to start unraveling yeah especially if it's 10 minutes long yes because like my favorite novel is tom jones by henry fielding which we're probably never going to touch but talk about it long enough and you find every single problem with it and i know because i did it very true and my favorite book is the princess bride and i read it when i was in university and then i read it again just like last year and you know what that book has a lot of problems actually yeah but the thing is is that if you really love something you just you accept its flaws And you love all of it. Yeah. Except the parts of The Princess Bride with fat phobia, because we don't endorse that. It's kind of like if you you really love a person, you'll accept all of them. The Swifties are like, we're here for sickness and health. Yeah. And you know what? That's impressive for our fan base. It's admirable. Yeah. And like, this is not like a new song. Like, it's a new version of the song, but it's not a new album. Like, she re-recorded all her songs and re-released it. And people are going crazy about it. (laughs) You know, like the fact that she's able to just re-release these songs and they're slightly different or they're slightly longer or there's like more context to them and people are still raving about it and not like not just anyone like I don't typically listen to a lot of Taylor Swift, but like I listened to the song and I was like, this is like a thing like this is like actually impressive, you know? Wow, this is like all too well the Snyder cut. No, it's not at all. (laughs) It's like the opposite. (laughs) 
like Lord of the Ring director's cut, you know? Uh, because those movies weren't long enough already. Because they weren't long enough already. <laughs> so, oh, Chantel, it's the first time you've listened to it. I want you to rate it. Do I have a rating scale? On a scale of we are never getting back together to love story... How would you rate the song? Mm. Like on a love ballad scale? Yeah, I completely understand the scale. I just have to think about where it would be on the scale. That's fair. I would rate this change change because the song changed from one song into another song. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe I would rate this like fearless. Okay. Because I do think it is very bold. Mm. I think it's a courageous song. Yeah. I think that there was definitely no inhibitions in mixing the metaphors. That's for sure. Yeah, that's good. I probably won't listen to it again for a while. You might watch the music video in like three months, though. That's quite possible. Speaking from experience, Fearless is not one of the songs that I would listen to on repeat. Personally, like... Hey, Steven, you belong with me. Tell me why. Right. Forever and always. We're all like on my my personal MP3 player. Uh, it's not my favorite. I thought it was very interesting. I thought it was impactful. I did not think it was like personally for me the most groundbreaking thing ever. That's fair. But, you know, someone put a lot of work into this. Yeah. And that's valuable. And good job. How would you rate the song? New Romantics. I don't know what that is. You do. Because it's a little bit of a bop. But it's not one you play every day. Hmm. It's like it comes onto your shuffle on Spotify and you don't skip. Mainly because you think it's the three minute version, but then it keeps playing and you're like, I'm here. I'm invested. The sunken time fallacy has brought me here. You know, like I might as well wait for the punchline kind of thing. But I did really enjoy the music video. And you know what? T Swift, I think she uh, she deserves to be in the company of J Swift. Yeah, she does the family name proud. She does the family name proud. Oh, well, this was a fun running gag. I hope you guys enjoyed that. We did. We had fun. Next time, we will be talking about Good Omens by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. R.I.P. We love them. Unproblematic faves. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean. Definitely Terry Pratchett is. Yeah, and Neil Gaiman's pretty, like woke yeah we hope you enjoyed this very special episode i'm super glad i didn't have to read anything except lyrics on a lyric video in front of you yeah this was a nice palate cleanser i think it's like the sorbet or the ginger of the podcasting world Thanks so much for listening. If you like us, please give us a rating on iTunes or Podchaser. We would really appreciate that. It helps other people find the podcast and put our lovely sonorous voices in their empty ear holes. You really oversold our audio right there. My God. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at UnsightedPod. We say funny things there sometimes. We all have a great time and you can tell us how incorrect we are about this song and everything to do with it. Our engagement's gonna go through the roof when I tag at Taylor Swift. Do not. Oh, I'm tagging Taylor Swift. I will quit the podcast. Haters gonna hate, hate, hate. See? Proof that we're real fans that we know this obscure, (laughs) deep cut Taylor Swift song. Thank you so much for listening and we hope to see you again in two weeks for our Christmas episode. And as always, we're excited. Unavailable. we play on three or do we play after three so is it like one two play or one two three play
One, two, three, play. Cool. The correct way. The correct way, yeah. Ethan does it the wrong way. Gross.